quick stuff here. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Venny Ventures. It's been a while. Uh, well, I don't know. How long has it been? I've been in Hawaii. so yeah. <laughs> time, time just disappears. So. Time disappears. we got Jeremy Wynn here and Nate Harper, and uh, we're here to talk about the markets. Yeah. See what's going to happen, right? Is it the same stuff that for the last month? You know, if, you, if you're watching markets... All you cool cats and kittens at home looking at uh, what everything's doing. It's it's kind of one of those things. I, I feel personally like you you kind of you, – for for you and for me, we both entered in at a, at a spot where the price that we entered for anything was really good. So these little hiccups or these little sideways deals uh, don't really cause me, to, cause me to move the needle that much. It, yeah. It, I, I mean, pullbacks – caused for me to wish that I had more money to invest because I feel like that's going to go up. But I, I mean, just an S&P, 65% increase from, you know, last year in that dip from March. So that's, like you said, you can't really, if you're, you're a holder, this is a holder's dream if you're able to kind of get back in that dip and just kind of let it go because it's got to go a long ways down for you to be like, oh, crap, look what happened. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, we, we were talking about it a little bit just beforehand and, uh, my, my, I always do at the end of the month, I do kind of my, you know, go through and see where I'm at, you know, what's the prices on it, you know, what kind of trades that make, that kind of thing. And for, for some reason, for the month, I felt like it was, I was either going to be about the same as the month before, a little sideways or, or down. Yeah. I had a couple of bad trades I knew I had, and I know I had some good ones too. And I was pleasantly surprised. I was up for the month yeah. by a decent amount. And I was like, okay, that's, that's great. And it was a surprise, and but when you look at it too, like I mean, even the spy, you know, you talk about, you know, you go to February, and it's, you know, it's up a little bit from where it was at. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it was that dip that was at the first part of March that was, I think, kind of carried the month or carried some of the sentiment, I think, for the month where it it really, it kind of came back and it dipped down, and you could see some of those wicks on that chart there where, yeah, you know, you're you're down, but. I mean, for the spy to be up three point seven percent in a month, yeah, from last month, that's pretty damn good. Well, I think what for the year uh, for the Nasdaq, you're still sitting at, uh, you know, what around even for the, from the start of the year or down. Uh, let's see, January. I started there, so no, you're up for. Oh, okay. 6, 4.6%. So that, I guess it's that whole perception of like, yeah. okay, this month it's just felt like a sideways month, but you're really up 4% for the NASDAQ. And yeah. so I think we were sounding the alarms, or I was sounding the alarms saying, hey, we're only up 1%, I think, on our last podcast. We're up 1% or around even for the NASDAQ for the year. And it's like, this isn't going to stay the case for, for the entire year. Right. Uh, so I... I think what what I was saying and what you were saying too is that don't lose faith or don't lose hope that we're still going to be heading upward because they're just making too much money and and all these acts that are coming through. I think you kind of have them outlined on that on that sheet there is that you know we we had um, a lot of money that's been thrown into the markets. You're starting to see the sentiment improve. You're starting to see the activity improve. You're starting to see. I think I was reading something that said the airline uh, industry is starting to see reservations that are equal or above where they were pre-COVID. So some indicators are showing that, hey, if your reservations are increasing to the point of pre-COVID stuff, you, people are wanting to be move, to move more, be active more, or get out more. I think we're, we're in the starting phase of, of that sentiment for the general population. When you have savings that have built up, when you have 
just people feeling like they've been trapped or cooped up or whatever, there's going to be an explosion of activity yeah. that is on the horizon. Now, is it priced in the market? I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's been priced in. I think we've been very, um, well, reserved with it. And that's what I was trying to do here. I was just trying to see, you know, when things were announced, the only thing I didn't put on here was like when they actually came out and said, Hey, we're going to, we're gonna sign in the stimulus bill of the CARES Act at some point. I can't. I couldn't it find the date. It was around the seventeenth. I want to say of March or. So, it, Which I mean, it, that's right at the bottom here. Yeah. You know, and, and you can see there's a there's a tick up in every one of these. So this is the IRS says you know payments should be made by April fifteenth. Mm-hmm. You know tax day, and you know funds were available at April fifteenth. It was still going up, still no matter what, still moving, moving through. Uh, the interesting one was this. You know, there was 159 million EIPs. What does EIP stand for again? I Economic forget. impact yes. uh, payments. Payments. And once those were hit, you had that kind of rip up, and then you know you had that down and up and sideways for a while. Again, the announcement I believe was in this area here for the COVID Relief Act, and that's when you start to see it kind of run up again. So we've had our payments, we've had everything that's kind of gone through with that. And the next one, you know, we're going to see this a little sideways and move up and at what point in time do we see the next i mean he's already announced that there's going to be a two trillion for another stimulus plus the four trillion they upped it to four trillion for the infrastructure bill so it's six trillion dollars that's going back into the markets it's a it's a lot of money that's uh moving into the markets it's a lot of money that's given out to the individuals and businesses that are that are benefiting i think they're up to what the third round of the ppp um program I think they're going to be probably doing another one potentially in the future. Uh, I, I just feel like the the amount of money that's put into the market right now or that's being uh, released is something that they're trying to drive the inflation with. And uh, I want to say that for the month of February, uh, it was less than the 2% that they were targeting. And so I know that for you and I both, we're, we've been – We've been very skeptical on some of these numbers just because when you go to the grocery store or when you go to uh, the gas station or whatever, you've, you've been paying a higher amount. But in reality of things is, you know, you can bring in the sl- supply and demand for oil and, and what the overall surplus that they've been doing. And then, uh, uh, you know, when you have the OPEC that's talking about bringing back the supply based off of Saudi Arabia's production of reducing a million barrels per day. Uh, you're starting to see, oh, yeah, the prices will increase because of that. And then if you uh, correlate that out to more movement, more people on the road, more travel, more airlines, more shipping, more everything, then, yeah, you're going to see that correlation between an increased price because the the overall surplus that we had uh, during the COVID era is is starting to diminish and if they reduce the what they're pumping and they were eating through the reserves then you're you're talking about a price increase yeah 60 bucks a barrel for you know that uh pre-covid yeah which is really is where it was sitting at before so and you look at that the jump from 60 to 90 uh could happen in, uh pretty rapidly depended upon what type of or even higher uh i don't know that we'll necessarily get up to what a hundred bucks. Oh wait, oh wait. Uh, <laughs> oh, eight prices. I don't see that. I could see us getting up to the ninety dollars possibly here by the end of the year. I, you know, touching it. Yeah. I, is it going to be sustainable? I don't know. But if, as you know, I I bought a UCO which tracks the price uh, on a uh, on a leverage basis. I uh, thought it was going to 
rebound due to the pricing. I still think it's got some room to run. Maybe it won't, uh, but from the entry point to where it's sitting at right now, it's it's decent. Uh, I think that uh, there's a couple other options that are there, but I think just overall tracking everything, I don't think we've fully seen everything priced into the market for what the economic expansion is going to be post-COVID era or where we're starting to feel towards the post-COVID era. I think a lot of the legs of what they're trying to do with the fear of all the fourth wave or um, uh, other potential uh, variants of the COVID-19 are kind of losing traction on the day-to-day news circle that's out there. I think more people are getting vaccinated. I think that what we're looking at is that the the new economy of this summertime into this fall time is going to be ripe and ready for for expansion from where we're at. Um, it I I base that based off of my general feel. I base that off of the overall flow of the funds. I base that everything with sitting in the Nasdaq right now only being up four percent from the start of the year. Um, it, you're looking at there's a lot of room left to run, I think, and and um, so my convictions or my my belief is that we're we're looking at um, an overall uh, run up of an additional 30%, I think, from now until the end of the year, based off of the traditional markets in the Nasdaq. I think that that's easily within reach of what's possible, and I I think that there's another you know there's lots of other key indicators. You're looking at the real estate market. You're looking at Lending still being very inexpensive to, to oh, get yeah. money. I, you can and just, They can't get it out fast enough. No. Uh, they're just pumping this money out with loans and everything else. And I mean, my my little my little magic chart here, oh, it's kind of messed up with all this stuff on here. Unfortunately, I'll have to clear <laughs> that up. But I mean, it's still it's still in the range. If you look at the, let me darken this up so you can see it a little bit. But that, uh, The little chart from back in 2000, you know, uh, the 2000.com bubble, following that, you know, to a T. We've talked about this before of why why I think it has the potential of doing something similar. Do I think it's going to actually hit these numbers? No. Like, but a very similar type of really ramping stuff up because there's so much money flowing into the markets overall. This is the ridiculous number. That right. is pretty ridiculous, and especially putting <laughs> that in as September, you know. But is it possible? Yeah, because you could see over exuberance in the marketplace based off of travel opening. I mean, just everything opening back up and the yeah. overall funds that are out there. Could it get up to that level? Yeah. I mean, it certainly could. It, will it? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think the moment you get the vaccination rates up to that, you know, vaccination and people that have already had the covid uh, to the herd immunity style. Yep. They've already, CDC's came out less, you know, three feet is, you know, bring it down to three feet. Great. Well, that just means schools are going to be able to open, you know, in a different manner. Once you get vaccines, they're probably just going to open up all the way. Like you said, come summertime. I mean, Sleepy Joe told me that I was going to be able to have a 4th of July party. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that uh, we're we're looking at that as being a real possibility. And if we are able to have Fourth of July parties, you're basically talking about uh, the return to normalcy. Am I invited to your house again? Yes, 100. percent goodness, <laughs> <laughs> no close. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> optional, optional. Yeah. So I I look at this and and so I think you're you're seeing the same same sort of scenario 
play out in your mind as far as the regular markets. But I think when you when you bring in the crypto world, it's uh, amplified uh, that much more because the risk reward on the crypto world is is a lot bigger. Uh, it's exponentially bigger. I I think what you're looking at here. I, there's only a couple cautious things that I've read on the crypto stuff, and I'm certain that... What have that you been reading? Because we haven't talked in a while, and I know I've gotten a few text messages from people on on little things that they're worried about um, because of crypto. Yep. What have you been hearing? So, obviously, there's a, a lot of people that have been saying, this is what I read. So, this is the gospel truth. Um, but a lot of the... Was it on the internet? <laughs> it was on the internet. Nice. So, I read it on the internet, so it's got to be true. Uh a lot of people were pointing, or a lot of technical analysis was pointing towards the fact that we are on a bull flag market, right? And the counter argument to that is that there was, wasn't an established flagpole. Now, does that mean something to you, <laughs> the technical chart analysis person? I don't know. I think the biggest one for me, though, that I interpreted for myself that isn't based on anything that I read anywhere besides the fact of the numbers, and that's what I care about more is uh, you had record inflows of dollar bills or USD to BTC, uh, fourth quarter of 2020, and then the first part of 2021. And uh, the one thing that kind of caused me to just kind of go, uh, uh, hmm, or just kind of pause a little bit, was that I think this last month or this last week, one of the two, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it was something like it was their lowest inflows. $99 million was the inflow for the week. Does that sound about right? Who was that through? What, what exchange? Uh, it was through all of the uh, coin index, blah, blah, blah. I, I, okay. I'd have to refine that article that I was or the data that I was looking at because it was saying that the inflow, the inflow of cash was at its lowest level prior to October of 2020. Okay. Uh, so that for that, that week for that week, yes. Okay. And so what they're talking about is that obviously if you were looking at USD to BTC inflows versus outflows if that goes negative numbers, so say you used to have outflows that are in excess of the inflows, then you are looking at people cashing in their BTC. If you're looking at um what drives the overall value of, um, you know, the the price to increase overall? Um, I think that it has to that there is a direct correlation between the price increase versus inflows from USD to BTC, as opposed to. Um, this was from March twenty fourth. So I don't. I don't know if that's that wasn't the article that I read, but I, well, this is outflows, so this is this is to counter the argument of the inflows, which you have to have inflows to get outflows, obviously. But one of the things that I've been seeing, which is huge, because Bitcoin is a it's a fixed asset, you only have yep. so many of them, right? And that we're seeing a massive amount of Bitcoin that's flowing from exchanges onto wallets, yep. onto new wallets. So, and it's. You're talking about, I mean, this is a digital saw, well, 1 billion worth of BTC outflows in 24 hours. So that's, that's a significant amount. But yeah, so that's the Bitcoin going from the exchange onto an external wallet. Uh, and, I mean, for me, obviously, that's 
super bullish because it's going to somewhere that it's not being traded. Yeah. This is going somewhere where it's going to be set in a wallet and not done anything with. Because they can usually track the, the exchange wallets if it goes from Coinbase to Kraken to Binance or whatever. Uh, they'll they'll show those. But these are on – this is specifically for Bitcoin going to new wallets, not associated with exchanges, which yeah. is pretty big. I mean, that's – these are – and the theory is obviously – and we've been seeing it with uh, a lot of these companies that are buying Bitcoin to yep. to hold it, and that's the theory that these are just going in there. It's buy and hold, and they're doing their own, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, hedge against the dollar type of situation. So. Yeah. And then the only other kind of bearish thing that I've seen, and and I just say this that I'm not saying that it's 100 percent was just a, a limiting factor of India, you know, making it illegal for. Uh, India, the country of India, to kind of trade the, oh. the BTC or utilize cryptocurrency in any type of form. They also did that, I guess, in uh, an African country. I can't remember one of them. Yeah. Um, Zimbabwe or something. I, one I, of them. One of them. But it caused for an uptick in the overall usage for the African country, and I don't know about India, what that's going to do. So I think it did a similar thing. I think they saw, like, oh, you can't use it. And it was it was the actual news of it wasn't they didn't ban crypto itself. So and that's where the all the FUD comes in. You get the the actual like, oh, you know, India banned it, right? Well they didn't ban it. They just are wanting you to use their own it's the states do the same thing, right? I'm not allowed to use Binance. I have to use Coinbase or Kraken. Yep. A US based exchange unless this offshore exchange follows all the SEC rules, right? Um and it's ultimately what India was doing the same thing. So they're they're basically saying, hey, guess what? You got to use these specific exchanges. And so what they saw was an uptick in these Indian exchanges. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're not banning it outright. Uh, nobody wants to ban it right now. Uh, only That's the fact too hot. That it's too hot. And it's too you're, if you and the U.S. government. Um, what's his name or her name? I think it was, was it Yellen said it. Treasury uh, Secretary. I think she said it that you know we want to speed up our basically the U.S. dollar coin, or whatever they're going to call it, it's their own stable coin internally uh, for the Treasury, um, because if they don't, they're going to be behind the curve. And they don't want to be the ones, because everybody's there's a bunch of company, countries that are already, already stepping up and doing this, and they don't want to be left behind. So, Yep. I well, think when you try to stimulate the economy, if you're going to stimulate the economy, you got to have direct control or direct access to be able to do that. So if you have a... A U.S. stable coin or whatever that you can get out the stimulus payments to people and that was what? a big one that they talked about was get that get that stimulus payment out to people. It was you know faster, easier. You you can you know you know track it better. It's just it, it functions a lot better. So and they can still print as much as they want. You know, yep. so there's no worries there because tether, <laughs> tether does the same thing. So uh, the one thing I was uh, any other bearish news you got. That's all. I, I haven't really. I mean, honestly, I, it doesn't affect my overall outlook on it, or it doesn't cause me to want to increase or decrease the overall holdings either way. Um, I, it's like I'm I'm allocated where, how I'm allocated for it, and I'm I'm such a hodler or holder or whatever you want to call. I it, it doesn't really matter. I give me a year or two of of holding something, which is. You know, I know different than what the crypto world typically likes to see, or what speculation within the crypto world would would typically be. I think most of the news that's coming out for BTC, or most of the outlook for BTC, is um, more longer term for me. Uh, I'd be looking a yeah. year, 
type of stuff, I, w- I kind of want to see where it goes. Uh, and, yeah. and in all reality, if I don't, um, if there's nothing that's pressing that I need it absolutely right now, then wh- why not just kind of see where it goes? I mean, wouldn't it be cool to see it go to 500,000? Or wouldn't it be cool to see it go to 100,000? I would hate that. It would suck. But I mean, it's just <laughs> like, okay, so it's cool to do that. And then, and then what? You know? So for me personally, I, it's one of those things where the noise is what I've had to cancel out for myself on the traditional side. And it's something that you have to cancel out in, uh, for the VTC side, I'm assuming as well, because you're always going to have naysayers. You're always going to have the negative view. And I typically find whenever more people are bearish on the traditional market, that's the time to be bullish in the traditional market. Yeah. When all this stuff is looking really positive on the traditional markets, it's when we're seeing the chop and so, or the sideways or the downward. And so I think what we saw was in the start of the year, um, in particular, uh, everything was really positive on the traditional side, and so it shot up. And now we're just kind of in this uncertain stage where everybody's really positive on it. And I'm certainly positive or more positive long term with my outlook on uh, the traditional markets and seeing how, hey, we've got a lot of money that's been generated. We still don't have a fully operational economy, I don't feel, and they're still projecting our GDP to be above 7%. I think that's probably pretty conservative or pretty low. Uh, I don't know how we're going to calculate in these uh, additional infrastructure spendings that are being approved uh, from the administration or from the Congress or however you want to look at it. how do, how do we price that into the market right now? I, don't, I still don't think we're at a fully functioning Death Star, and I think we might not be at a fully functioning Death Star by the end of the year. Um, we're looking at, I, I think we got to run through the end of the year. I'm not touching, I, I'm going to try to avoid the noise as much as I can through that time frame. Uh, there's just watching the stuff and seeing how it does, but a lot of times I just try to avoid the noise and I don't know, is that what you kind of try to do or you, you interpret your own uh, stuff based off of your. So I, I can't remember if I talked about this on the podcast where I had a friend of mine who kind of messed with my head uh, a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this guy that I, I respect uh, immensely and, uh, you know, I take his, his knowledge of his years of being an investor and business owner and I, and I, I don't take it with a grain of salt. I, I listen and try to learn. And he's a very uh, conservative person when it comes to investing. The exact opposite of me, which is fine. Um, but we talked about, you know, you know where I was at. And, you know, it, the conversation was brought up because I was looking to buy some property, potentially. Who knows what will happen. And he, uh, he asked me what my beta was. <laughs> and, uh, you know. A thousand with Bitcoin. <laughs> well, well, I told him, I said, I don't what's beta yeah and, you know and he's like you don't even know what beta is and i'm like look I, I i didn't take a traditional finance classes i didn't take you know i don't i don't i invest in bitcoin because you know it's a it's different you know i, I do things differently so i i went through a whole side of like beta being your risk you know yeah. what's your risk at and i was like oh man okay my risk is really high obviously i knew that being in bitcoin yeah. anyway i already knew it was i didn't have a number tied to it but i knew i was there and so, did you get a number for your beta with Bitcoin? I made my own number. Okay. So, I, I looked at it. So, beta actually is the difference between assets. So, in the market itself, you can have a beta between the NASDAQ and the SPX, right? In the S&P. Yeah. 
So it's a nice, it's a good math lesson. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff that goes in there. So I was, um, I went through and I calculated a bunch of different betas, essentially. Like, what am I comparing it to? Because you can compare your beta to a lot of different things, you know. And, you know, obviously, if we're looking at any risk on asset compared to the U.S. dollar, which is why the DXY up here is, is personally, I think the DXY looks like garbage. And it's obviously because we're printing so much money, you know. And so my beta compared to the U.S. dollar is super, super low. Like, I think your beta in U.S. dollar is higher than the volatility of it's not going to be what it's what, obviously what it's going because it's not you know changing dramatically, but it's low percentage. But the loss that you're looking at getting between the two is way larger than anything else that you're going to look at. So um, I made my own numbers. OK, so I don't know. I, I can give you numbers, but they mean absolutely nothing. So well, because you made them for yourself, but the, you obviously found a correlation that matched for you or justified yeah, so for you. So what I tried not doing is I tried not to make it so I am only looking down this narrow tunnel of like, uh, oh, it's only Bitcoin because I don't want to. That's why I took it to heart when he was telling me like I'm I'm over, I'm risked, uh, my risk is way too high, and he's like, sell it all, get out of it. And I was like, okay, well, let me let me relook at this. And I, I literally, for the last month, have been analyzing, and I haven't been doing a lot of trading. I've been doing a lot of analyzing of, okay, what what again is my goal here? What yeah. what do I think is going to happen? What's the overall trend set? And it's what we talked about. Though, it came down to the same thing: is I like Bitcoin. I like the idea of Bitcoin, and I think it has a lot of lot of room to grow and do things for people. And I think it's going to be around for years. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's going to be a risk. Uh, less of a risk for people. You're going to see companies doing more and more what they're doing now, right? This is just the start of it. So, but for me, I wanted to look at what time frame am I looking at and what, what are my goals? And so I had to re reallocate or I didn't reallocate. So I had to readjust kind of what my overall sentiment was on things. And, um, and I actually became more bullish. Yeah. <laughs> In the short term. Yeah. Uh, and realistically, I'm looking at for Bitcoin specifically, uh, it's kind of I trade everything in reference to Bitcoin. I'm literally 99 percent in cryptocurrency. And the only other thing I hold is cash, some cash. Uh, and then the re and then I think I have two stocks that are just sitting there because they're like way up. And I'm just like, whatever, I'll just hold them for a while. Yeah. But uh, everything else is tied to to crypto all my all my traditional stocks are tied to crypto and everything else because i think it's going to outperform your s p it's going to outperform your nasdaq it's going to outperform any of your other assets uh minimum within the next you know in the next 12 months yeah uh potentially a little longer but i'm i'm going to analyze this and i'll probably take some off the table here um what i think we're going to do if you're looking at the bitcoin chart here i think we have the next little run up you know we're kind of pushing in and they they might be calling this their bull flag, but this kind of invalidates a bull flag here. This because uh, it didn't break the sixty-one or whatever. Well, no, because it broke up above. Oh. Uh, originally, you had a bull flag that was kind of, you know, potentially getting put in here, right? I guess is what they were looking at. But as it broke here, now you're looking at which is normally uh, bearish is a rising wedge. Mm. You know me, I like my rising wedges. Yeah. So, um, in that sense, here you're looking at a. Uh, I, what is it going to do in this scenario? Um, 
I think we see some more consolidation for the next couple weeks here uh, into April. Um, maybe mid-April time frame, we see the, the next break uh, that's going to go above, which is going to give us more of a, not a rising wedge, but more of like a, that horizontal kind of flat, flat top. You'll see another rejection in this range and then kind of come up this way. Uh, and then up to 70-something. And then, yeah, then I think we kind of come up in the 70s, right? And I have two scenarios that I'm kind of working out in my head. How is this going to work? Is this the next? Well, I guess there's three. Yeah. Is this the next uh, top, that 70K point? Uh, if it rips up and we see a lot of volatility, potentially, I don't think so. That's, but that's one scenario we could see it kind of top out. Yeah. You know, we're going to have different support levels that I'm going to want to make sure that hold once we get up in there. Uh, I think 72 to 76 is kind of my um, take Target. profits yeah. that I'll, I'll look at. Is that for spot or is that for other? That's for my margin. I'm, I won't take spot off until I see a little bit more of what it's going to do up here in the 70 range. So... So your scenario first, scenario, first scenario is it goes up there. And then we kind of just a little sideways again, yeah. and then we jump up. Okay. Right. And so that's what you would look to see is that if you were up in the 70s, you'd be like, all right, what are we doing? How much sideways action do we have? How long is the sideways action? And how low? Like, and how again, low does it go back? Does it pull back to just set, if it went up to, what, 75, and then it dipped back down to 70, and then it's like, oh, 73, and then back down to 71, and then you're like, oh, Depends on where we see a retest and what yeah. this what this level here is. So if it keeps going a little higher and then we do some more consolidation, well, that's going to be my next level I want to look at for yeah. for what's going to be retested and moved up. So if this area uh, up here in the 70s is short, you know, and just some consolidation but some quick wicks and we move up into the 100K mark, that's kind of what I expect a little bit. Um, and then we see the 100K is where it's really going to be my my tell for me and how much i'm going to take off the table on spot <laughs> on spot because it's 100k is quite a significant amount especially for uh entrants like you that that have been in the market or been in the btc uh for three years you know or at least yeah uh, to some degree well i was all out um before march like i i had sold everything mm -hmm. like i was all cash um but i bought um back in you know like march March 12th, 13th in that range. And, you know, so I averaged in pretty well. Yeah. So a lot of that is my long-term, we're down long-term capital gains for that. So that's where I'll look at taking yeah. that off the table at the 100K mark, depending on what we do here. Even So if we go back to, if it's going to follow a similar pattern of this being the top and this being back in, you know, 2018, 17 range, right? Yep. So I'm on a weekly here. Uh, so it's 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 harder to really tell. You can see that weekly changeover, and it just it dropped down. You know that was a that was a that was a, that was a rough week. And yeah. you knew after that week when it dropped forty percent that we are we're heading down. We're going to be heading down quite a bit. That's a that's a huge dip. And at that point, knowing now, you see it obviously in hindsight. But anything that drops sixty percent, it's probably not going to recover too quick. Even if something drops forty percent in that time frame isn't going to recover super fast. Um, and that you're just saying that just in a general technical term or in a just... general technical term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, if we see something similar to that coming into the, this time frame, So if, well, let's just, let's just say we get, well, for, for a hodler like me, uh, I look at that and I'm like, Oh, well now everything looks to be on sale. 
or if I was yeah. even somebody that bought in at that high point of what twenty. I mean, if you bought in at twenty in the current current pricing, you'd oh. be like, "Well, I'm a I'm a king," you know. And that's what a lot of people, you know, you buy and hold, right? Yeah, it's great. It works. It works phenomenally, right? So, let's say we hit that hundred k. This is a similar scenario of uh, where it goes here, because this is going to be a big one. So, if you see this, this for me. So, say in the one thirty, actually, there's some fib levels that line up, and I think it's the one thirty, one thirty four range, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to do this exactly, but if you see a similar reaction that's going to bring you down, one, this is this is going to be tapping that 70k level, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a huge a huge level. I would want to watch how this reacts, you know. And my stop losses will I'll start in my spot, you know, and I'm fine, you know, in spot losing a certain certain percentage at certain levels because I've been in it for so long. Well, yeah, if you're long term and your your entry point is all the way off the chart there. And then you take your spot off the table and you're like, well, okay, now I'm in USD or whatever the, the tether or whatever yeah. coin is that you have. And then you're like, well, I'm just going to wait. Yeah. You can. And this is, I mean, and you can, you can hold it. I'm going to take some off the table because I, I should. Because for right now I'm 100%, 99% yeah. crypto. So I'll take some off the table up here. I might take some off the table at 70 depending on what it does. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see how things react and how this goes. I mean, this could turn over right here. I mean, this looks pretty bullish to me, like tapping the ceiling at that 61, you know, trying to hit that again. That, that looks pretty bullish for me to go forward. But um, I, I, I just want to – this is what I think is not going to happen. It's a possibility. I don't think that we see the 100, the 130 range as this next, the next cycle, yeah. you know, Bitcoin cycle. Um I think it's I think it's gonna be closer to the two hundred. Oh. Realistically. Maybe even up into three hundred with some of the fib levels. I mean if it follows exactly this this time frame before, I've posted it beforehand. Yep. And if it follows it exactly it hits the three hundred K range. Which is sure. I mean, with the amount of money that's going into it, I don't see it as being an impossibility. If it follows the same type of Bitcoin run that it's done before, mm-hmm. great. Uh but again, I'm going to be watching it really close because I've been holding it for a while and seeing what's going to happen as it goes through here. Um, but it doesn't doesn't mean it can't go even higher than that. There's people that that's the third scenario that comes into play is people talk about a super cycle. Yeah. And I haven't gotten too far into that, what a super cycle means, but ultimately they're talking about it's it's different this time. <laughs> right. Um, it certainly feels that way. I mean, you talk about everything feels different this time. It really does. Um, but that's always been the meme too in Bitcoin. This time it's different and it's never different. So, but I mean, if it is, and you start talking about a super cycle, that could be, you would see a a crap ton of volatility. You'd see a lot of people getting liquidated. You get a lot of people that are, you know, sell out and be like, I'm done. And then, you know, it just rips up and you go, I mean, a super cycle would be not, you know, not 300, it'd be 500 or a million, you know, at that time frame, which would be, that's hard for me to comprehend. That kind of stuff is hard for me to comprehend if that would actually be possible. So that w- that would be hard for me to comprehend as well. I'm looking at your levels here of uh, the purple lines down down below the purple bars. What are those? That's the volume. So you're looking at your volume. You've got a decreasing volume, which would support what? An increasing price. Uh, it, it depends on what price is doing actually, which gives you kind of that. It, 
so if you look at some of these volume spikes, most yeah. of the high volume spikes are on cells, right? You'll see the cell areas and the whole high volume spikes, right? This here was a pretty good volume, and it was a buy and consolidation. Really, I wouldn't call it a sell through this week. So this has all just been consolidation as you go through. It's normal. Now, if you're seeing price rise and the volume going down, that's why the rising wedge, a lot of people don't like it. Uh, it can be a bearish sign, um, and it usually is. So um, I just like to look at volume mostly on lower time frames to kind of see what's coming in. So you can kind of, if you go down on like a four hour or even a one hour and you start to see these volume spikes come into play, uh, you can see huge, huge dip at this point in time, but there's a lot of volume that's going in. It's not just sell volume. Mm -hmm. It's more sell volume because it's orange, not red. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately you're seeing a lot of buy ups, a lot of long wicks. So you, you kind of see this was going to turn around at some point and kind of go back up. So, yeah. And now we're doing the opposite way here. We might see a little turnover and then drop back down. But on that higher time frame, I mean, if we go off of what it did last year in a similar spot, I mean, that 300, 380, if you look at, you know, you take this consolidation here in uh, July of, of 2017 and put that into this January time frame and then just play it out, it could, it could hit there. Does it? I don't know. That would be crazy. It, it would be crazy. It'd be awesome to see. Everybody would be losing their minds. They would be losing their minds. You'd, you'd see uh, news and the internet explode, basically, on, on that type of stuff. So so uh, I, I, I'm just kind of playing uh, playing some, right now, just different levels. I think we see next level 70K, right? Yep. Uh, that 72, 76 range, um, a little consolidation. You know, if we get that 40% wick down like it did here did here uh that plays into that fake out right that's that 40 percent drop but then it turns around and consolidates here that's almost the exact same right and if it does that here it's kind of a fake out people are like i'm out 70k i'm out and then it just ripped up and it's so if you saw it dip from 70k you wouldn't be out of your spot you're only out of your spot if it goes above 100k typically so if i look at like uh because you don't so want to be I can't, I, can't, I can't put a number on it. I, what I'm going to look at is I might. Um, so let's go down to lower time frames. Um, so if you look at. Let me get back here to. Let me zoom in so we can see a little bit closer on like the dailies. So if you look at this this drop down, this huge wick on the daily here, right? Mm -hmm. I, I would probably set my stop below this wick. Right? And then see where things are going here. And then you watch it turn over again. And then, you know, I might start pulling stuff off the table here, which is still a pretty big dip off of the top. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's it, I wouldn't put it. I'm not going to pull everything off. Even even if this is like the end all, I'm not going to pull all my big. I'll always have some big ones. Well, I mean, if you had a 90% drop right now, you'd be talking about a $6,000 Bitcoin. I'd be really upset that I didn't have enough cash on the sideline to buy more. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you're looking at it. Everybody's talking about oh the ninety percent dip or at least that's what I read him. It's eighty. It's been eighty, like eighty-two percent. So if you, you have an eighty percent dip from from current levels, you're talking about what you're twelve twelve thousand off of current price. It would be a twelve thousand dollar Bitcoin. How many people would be lining up to buy more Bitcoin? Everybody that uh, likes Bitcoin. Well, I mean, and that's <laughs> the whole universe. But again, right what now? did they do though? Do they have the cash to buy it? So. 
right now I'm I'm full on in, right? Yeah. Um, if we turn over and I see some structure that shows me I, I need to start pulling some some uh, some off the table, then I will. I just don't see that yet. Right? No, I I don't think there's probably anything that that was out there. Here's Same. my level right here for you guys. So this is where I get concerned. This turns over and we drop and it passes this, you know, this level here to start with. Then I start to look at um, some concern and wanting to see this next level hold. And then, then I'll start to look at okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna seriously start looking at stop losses again, putting some stop losses in up below this area, depending on what the wicks look like and what it, what it pulls off of. Because one, I think I don't if it goes down there, I don't think we rip right back up through. I think we kind of would consolidate a lot longer this way if it held here. Yeah, if it breaks down after that, then then I think we see a long drop. I think we do see you know 20k below 20k. If, oh. if this if the thirty eight fails, call me a uh, you know just unsympathetic. I would think in that regard because I would think that if if it got to twenty k, that's what pre December. That's I mean that's the old, old all time high. Yeah, that was never retested. So I mean it's possible, right? Like, yeah, but I mean it's like oh, so that you're looking at pre December of three months ago. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so it's like for for a hodler like me, it's like okay, you're like whatever. I'm just whatever. And then for you, a hodler like you, I mean this. I'm bullish long term Bitcoin. I think yeah. Bitcoin at some point in time is going to be a million dollars of Bitcoin, right? Ten years from now. Sure. Doesn't so then mean. the end goal for what you're looking at is at some point in time you're cashing in or you're pulling your spot to be able to enter at a different spot where you can acquire more Bitcoin. That way you can exit at the spot where you're. At a million Bitcoin, or uh, I'm going to be Bitcoin. less um, risk on at a point in time in the future here. Yeah. Um, and when I say risk on, that's stocks and uh, Bitcoin in general. I'm going to take some off the table and probably put it. I'll have some in cash. Heck, I could put it in USDC. I get in at Nexo. You can get 12% return on your USDC. Well, that's something that was interesting to read is that, you know, a lot of these places that are providing you with the interest, and, and it might be a wrong understanding on my part, is that they're they're paying you or whoever is is uh, paying the annual percentage yield on these on these um, holdings is, is based off of current price versus the split to futures on, on Bitcoin. So if you have right now a 10% split and it's three months away, then you're talking about, uh, you just times that by four, and then you got your annual percentage yield. So if somebody's getting a forty percent yield right now, based off of current futures of a three percent or a three month split, then you have you know a thirty percent gain overall on whatever you're giving to them. So if they're giving yeah. you twelve percent, they're getting twenty eight percent. You know, just they're, in the always, they're always getting theirs, right? Oh they're yeah, always getting theirs. You and so it's it's interesting to me in that regard. And so I I don't. Uh, for me, like if I was looking at stuff on on investments and eventually get to a certain point in time, everybody talks about getting, or at least some of the long term investors that that have been doing this stuff a lot longer than me, that I clearly don't understand or that I don't know or that I don't care to know right now. My ignorance is bliss. Is uh, <laughs> they talk about getting the dividend income or dividend return from holding the individual stocks. And certainly there is a value to that for, for generating the income long term. But for me, currently right now, I'm in the mindset of everything growth seems to be doing better. Uh, and the value stuff right now, we saw an uptick of that over, you know, in February and March. 
But as far as switching my entire holdings or switching stuff out of where I'm currently allocated, it is certainly a higher risk for me personally on the traditional side. And that's something that I've accepted for myself as far as my time frame horizon is a little bit further out for me wanting to withdraw that money. Yeah. And I, I'm assuming that that's a similar idea or mindset for you as far as for your BTC outlook is that long term, I'm going to be very optimistic or bullish or however you want to view it for the traditional markets and to the point of if I don't need the immediate cash right now or to, to live off of or to you know pay the groceries or buy the, the gasoline or whatever else, I, I'm probably just going to leave it in there because I believe in the overall markets and my overall outlook on the markets is that, hey, you know, we're getting all this money printed off. We're doing all these other uh, infrastructures. We're, we're basically propping up the, the economy right now and moving forward. We haven't even got our full running legs behind us. We're not even walking, I don't think. I think we're still with with the walker on our on our economy, uh, learning how to, to get going post-COVID. And if if you were looking at your BTC plays, you'd be looking at, well, I'm not, I, you're probably not looking to exit mass or no. in mass no. on anything, even if it dips back below uh, 40K. Um, I, I highly doubt that you would be looking to do a massive transformation on your current spot that you would have. Would you do some? I would probably venture to say that, yeah, you, you might, like but said, it'd be like a percentage. It wouldn't yeah. be like your entire... Your entire holdings. Like I said, right now I'm not selling anything unless I see 38 breakdown. Yeah. Like really, we'd see something around the 46, you know, hold up a little bit, uh, 45 hold up, you know, and if it breaks through there, I'm looking at 38, and we're going to get some reaction off of it. We'll get reaction. It's not just going to rip right through it and go 90% in a day. You know <laughs> that. It's not going to do that. But, you know, you see that um, the reaction off of that, are we getting the buyers still? Are you getting those huge wicks, you know, that are coming down through? It kind of it tells a story of what really is happening, and so as you kind of read that story and it moves through, then I make decisions that are going to go from there. Right now, I'm full board. Heck, I I posted on the Discord about because uh, PayPal now they're uh, making it so you can pay with Bitcoin, which we yep. knew was going to happen. Yeah, and it's like okay, well now if I hold my stuff on PayPal, I can just hold Bitcoin and pay through Bit through PayPal. But the problem with that is, and I still haven't found it, is What's their fees they're charging, right? For their that fees. transition of BTC to yeah. USD. So every every you know transaction you make, yeah. okay, first you're buying the BTC that's on there because you have to buy it on there. You can't transfer it to them. Yeah. So you have to buy it. So you're getting a fee there, probably three percent, some ridiculous amount. And then if I trade it back into USD when I make that purchase, yeah, they're doing it again. What's that? What's that? What's that uh, difference that's there? And is it worth it to well, do that right now? It, Everybody pays the fees at some point in time. So you use your Visa, you use your MasterCard, even your debit card or whatever else. You you pay a fee. Uh, you know, Always. whether you see it or not. You, you know, when, yeah. when we were operating the business, we had merchant or you, yeah. you have your credit card fees that were anywhere from like a 2.2 up to 3 point something. If it was a really risky Visa card, then you'd be looking at a higher percentage fee on right. it. And so there's always a fee with any type of money transaction. Uh, you know, you go into cash a check some banks charge you a fee for cashing that check yep you know so it yeah like you said you have to balance out what those fees are and is it is it something that's a that's a flat percentage on the overall purchase amount or is it on a transaction fee of like 20 bucks per transaction uh and it just yeah it's and i don't know yet i don't even know from there i mean for me uh 
I just take out, like I said, it's similar. I take out enough what I need for my monthly expenses, and then I just let I just maneuver the stuff around. A couple of things I wanted to cover that are uh, interesting. One is the DXY. I had it up earlier, but yep. when you look at the the Dixie has been r- ripping up, and normally when the Dixie's going up, all your other assets are going down. Uh, and that hasn't been the case with Bitcoin. It's in, if I go back to the daily itself, it's been going up at the same time that the Dixie's been going up. A little bit of down on some parts, but normally it's it's a pretty direct correlation. And Bitcoin's been kind of separating itself a little bit from that, which is for me is really bullish on Bitcoin because it's also separating itself from the S&P and the NASDAQ and everything yep. else and has been continued to consolidate and go up. And big in when you look at it not being as correlated to the markets going down. Now Bitcoin's going to go down, which is great. I love that. So now you can trade it as more of its own asset and not have to worry about what the other markets are doing too. Even though I think the other markets are going up, you know, you never know. We're going to go to war. We're going to do something stupid <laughs> yeah. like that. I mean, who knows? So uh, that for me was pretty bullish. The other one was is the GBTC. I've been talking about this on the Discord too, and the GBTC premium. The premium this, right now. This could be potentially the trade of the year there's some different uh mindsets of why the premiums you know below right right now it's at minus 9.68 which basically means you're getting a discount on, on your bitcoin you're getting and the holding grayscale has a physical they they hold yep. it on the physical yeah. wallet right or, yeah so you're ultimately buying it through them and you're getting right now a, a minus you're getting a discount of 9.68 percent so that's well, and we've seen huge. that premium swing on uh, not GBTC, but Bitwise and, and those BITW. Are newer. The, uh, those and, are tough because they're so new, yeah. right? And Bitwise came out and went up to 300% premium, yeah. right? Yeah. You're paying a 300%. That's tough. ETH, I think it's up here. Um, it I mean, should it's, be at it's a, a negative. Negative yeah. 8, but it was at a higher premium earlier on. Well, then you look at Litecoin, that's at 529% premium. I don't even think you can buy these on the OTC. Uh, I, I haven't seen. I haven't okay. looked at them, but it's it's one of those things. It's much lower volume, and I I don't know. I, I stick with the GDLC. That's the another one that I'm in. Right. Yes, you can do that one, and that's at a twelve percent premium. So and you're that, paying a twelve percent premium on that. Now, where's that going to go? Obviously, you're seeing you know Bitcoin Cash at two eighty three, Litecoin at five nine five twenty nine, which is interesting because I like Litecoin a lot, and it's got a it's got some room to to roam on the on the Well, I crypto side, but so if you look at that premium there, and you get the run up, and it actually follows, and it turns around and it it reverses that premium because, in my theory, it's going to do that again because you're still going to get people that are buying into it now, and it's a six month hold before they can sell it, and so at some point in time, there's going to be a premium that people are buying GBTC over over the counter of ten, fifteen, twenty percent. So now you're looking at just the premium wise, you can get yourself a swing. 20%, 30%. 20 30%, 40%. I mean, it's been as high as 35 or 40%. For GBTC. For GBTC. ETH, I think it swung up to, I want to say, 100%. It was, yeah, it was 100%. And ETH, you know. Well, and with those, a lot of times my purchase decision back in the day was, uh, you know, back in the day, a couple months ago for these, <laughs> was based on the fact I was looking at the premium spread, and I think we touched on it, at least on Discord, was that how does that premium play square out? And I answered for myself personally based off of the fact if i could get it as close as i possibly could that was a decent time to enter in a time frame where you were projecting 
that ETH was going to make a run or Ethereum was going to make a run or that GBTC was going to or that BTC was going to be making a run, if I could get that premium as close as possible, it was going to correlate to that. I personally said I think that all of these will, will be trading at a premium that is a positive premium, not a negative premium. Right. And so I feel like like you, it's further reinforced that those numbers could easily swing at some point in time and go in a large portion the other way. Yeah. So now if you if if it correlates with Bitcoin and we go to let's just say make it nice easy numbers and we go to 120k. Yep. Just cuz I can it's I could I'm double from right now. So. Yeah. Or close to it, whatever. Yeah. So and so GBTC is likely to do similar. It's going to go to 100, right? Yeah. So, and if you're buying it now, right, at a discount, at 50, it's at a discount at nine, minus 9%. And so, and then you get it at a plus 20%. So right now this should be at 58, right? Yeah. About 58, 59. And you go to 120 uh, or it starts trading at a premium and it starts, you know, you're at 10, 20% premium and it's at 160. You just made yourself another, you know, 40 or 50%. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I'm on board with you. I think that anytime you could get any of those funds at a, at a discounted premium or at a negative premium over what the underlying investment is, because they're being held in yeah. the trusts or in the funds or whatever, uh, it seems like a pretty easy mechanism in my mind. I, I know that I was able to purchase GBTC and ETHE and Bitwise and all those other ones very easily and and across a lot of different platforms too very yeah. easily. And it, it made it, for a dummy like myself uh, that doesn't understand necessarily all the hard wallets and all the other type of things that are out there that, that correlate to the crypto world, um, I find I find it very interesting. Uh, these types of funds here can provide a great benefit for people. I agree. I think it's, uh, you know, people that aren't uh, want to be exposed to crypto don't have the time or the, the want to really, like, put the time in to figure out a wallet or different exchanges and that kind of stuff. This is the easiest way to go. Some, uh, some of your uh, legacy exchanges don't allow you to buy it. Yeah. I know Charles Schwab does. Yep. Uh, you have it through Ally? Ally. And, uh, but they limit the amount you can buy. Yes. Them, Ally right? was limited to X dollar amount. We have it on Fidelity. Yep. So those three we know for sure you can buy it. Yep. Um, outside of that, I don't know. It's uh, I don't think Robinhood allows it, which is I, weird. I, I'm not certain on that. I I just know that uh, for, for, for me, finding the justification to, to enter into the market in a short order – of the crypto world that provides a nice little outlet i gotta look and see what our um, venue venture fund is i mean this is a bot it's not just the venue venture because i bought some um uh, doge with it and i think i own ethereum with it now so but it's, it's it was doing pretty well at the end of the month but i gotta check out and see if uh what it looks like it's the end of the month uh, gbtc well i can tell you right now the one that i nope. picked is only up 28 percent so i suck so let's see i have it on here um, yearly picks here. So for the for the day, there's a lot of green, right? A lot of green going. What, what, you were BXRX. Yep. I'm still pretty. I'm still. Woo! Yeah. It <laughs> you're up. up. You're up though. You know you're yeah. up. You're up. Ship. I haven't looked at it in a while. I sold all my ship. <laughs> I bought it. I obviously I didn't, I didn't sell it on the uh, the Robinhood exchange, no. but I bought it personally 
and sold out at a little over double on most of it. So that's still over double from your entry, it's right? Uh, I think was entry, entry was fifty. Yeah. it was at fifty. So I mean, it's close to doubling. It's at fifty something, whatever it was. Yes, I mean it's a hundred. You know, close to doubling right now. It looks like it might be consolidating for another run up. Actually, here if this kind of plays out at the end of the week, gets a little higher here above this resistance. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it above here, but. I, I I still like my pick. I think uh, the year's long. I think for all of these, the year's long. So even if they're down right now or people are feeling bad about what whatever their pick was, we still got the rest oh, yeah. of this year to run. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's not going to be something that's like, oh, this. Uh, you, you're going to see these ones that run up really quick and easy, and uh, and they might continue to run up for a, a long time. They might pull back, but I, I think the year's still got some some legs. So, me too. I think that's a good place to end it. We just uh, buy it, hold it, <laughs> just let it run for you. It's time to make money, and yeah. don't listen to the noise. Keep to your convictions. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's great advice. Get the noise out of here. Actually, real quick story because I had somebody that was, uh, you know, he's close. He's a close family member was talking to me about um, Bitcoin, and you know, he's. He was getting a lot of news stuff, you know, yeah. traditional news stuff, and it was during the dip, and it was, you know, down around 48 or whatever it was already. And, uh, you know, he said, oh, I think it's going to dip more. I've heard it's going to dip a lot more. And I was like, yeah, where are you getting it from? And he sent me some articles, which are great. I, yeah. I, I read them all, right? Yeah. And all the FUD that was out there. But they're recycling news a lot of the time, yep. whether it's traditional markets, whether it's Bitcoin markets. So do your research. Make sure it's, like, legit stuff. Don't get too scared. Uh, make sure you're doing it. You know, sticking to your guns and knowing what's going on. Don't let them scare you because they're trying to take your money. That's right. That's right. Keep the money to you. All right, guys. Take care.